0: Welcome to episode 716 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, July 15th. I'm your host, Paul Sport, and I'm joined by Jay and Jay. I got Justin and Jason. What's up, guys? How's it going?
1: See, I was going to let Justin talk first. It's going well. I was in Baltimore this weekend with the three games, including my first doubleheader, in 30 years. Um, then I flew home Sunday morning and damn near missed a perfect game. That oh, would have God. been an absolute gut punch. I have kicked H- in H- Hey, yeah. you there? There And I, I think I've told the story before But I have never ever seen a no-hitter In a minor or major league baseball game Let alone a perfect game so I was supposed to go no-hitter. I've seen nothing dude I was supposed to go with Mike Scott To the no-hitter against the Giants To clinch the NL West in 86 oh. I was supposed to go to that game I had see on my progress report in geometry My dad took the neighbor instead uh, So that, like, uh, that, that them I never got up. That's a baller oh.
2: move right there That oh. is is your move.
0: father instilling,
1: uh, instilling yes.
2: discipline? It didn't
0: work. And
1: it didn't work. But yeah, I, so I've never seen one. So, like, I'm sitting there Sunday and I'm watching because I, I mean, it had been a long, hot weekend in Baltimore. So, we got home about 1130 and I was just chilling, uh, laying in bed, watching the game. And, and about the sixth inning, I was like, hey, nobody's been on base. Like, it, I wouldn't even, I was just kind of casually watching the screen. And then I noticed I'm like, there's a lot of zeros up there. And then it got to the ninth. And then uh, you know, obviously he hit a ground ball to second base and there's nobody there. And people are like, Oh no, shift. I'm like, if you watch that game, there's like four or five hits that got saved mm-hmm. by the shift. Four or five lasers that would have that should have been hit. So we're perfectly good. So it giveth and taketh away. But
0: yeah. Uh, I mean just like the normal setup does, which is why it's so stupid when people still do that. Yeah. Like, oh it, it is it's so nauseating that people still do that, even if it's, like, as a meme, like, shut up. But Mm -hmm. uh, that was an interesting series. Brendan McKay, obviously, he got sent out after that, but he's not going to have to be down the whole 10 days because he was the 26th man in the doubleheader, so it doesn't really count as a come-up, and so he could return in short order. Bottom line is, don't Friday. Yeah, Yeah. no, he should be back Friday. He is. He is, obviously, you know, it's annoying to see your guys go up and down. Just hang on. Don't worry about it. He'll be back. Brandon McCain's awesome. But we actually have a few trades to talk about. We'll get into some of the bigger fab pickups. And then we're going to talk about a section of unlikely heroes, guys that, you know, where those mid to late picks, waiver wire fodder in some, uh, in some shower leagues that are now contributing in a big way to teams. And we'll get your thoughts on what you guys think they could be going forward. But let's talk about the two deals. They're not huge. Uh, hopefully, we start to see things really ramp up. It, it, it could or it could be a total bust. It really is kind of that either or situation, it feels like. Because so many teams like fancy themselves in it, even if they're not, I think at this point in the year, worrying about the games behind as opposed to the teams in between you and the wild card is, is a really foolish way to convince yourself that you're actually contending. But we saw that the Orioles and Royals acknowledge where they are. They both traded pieces. Andrew Kashner goes over to Boston and Homer Bailey goes to Oakland. Let's start with Kashner first, who's actually been pitching quite well. Now this isn't quite 2017 Kashner, where it was a stone cold, over the top lockdown fluke in every conceivable way. He deserved like none of that 3.40 ERA for 167 innings. He had a um, 86 strikeouts and 64 walks. That's a 1-3 strikeout to walk ratio. Uh, you know whether you put it in percentages or per nines bad doesn't matter. So the 461 FIP was telling you what you needed to know about Cashner. This year he's got a 3.83 ERA with the 426 FIP. So that's that's in line. And the strikeout to walk ratio is up to 2.3, which is which is fine. There's still not a lot of strikeouts, but he's not walking, guys. He's got some velo back. And now he goes to an organization uh, that is going to support him a lot better. Now granted, he was 9 and 3, so of all people who could cry about bad support on on a bad team, Andrew Cashner was not one of them. But Jason, I'll start with you. This is a guy who was toting a 330 ERA in 60 innings over his last 10 starts. And that includes a couple mega duds. One in Coors, which you would have easily avoided, even if you were trying to spot start him. And then the other was at San, against San Francisco at home, which you would have taken on the chin. Because if you were going to spot start Cashner, that's the kind of team you would start against. So it's been a mixed bag, though. He's beaten New York twice. His new team, Boston. He went into Houston, stood tall. Is there something here with Andrew Kashner that makes him more mixed league viable at this point, Jason?
1: I think so. So a couple of notes with the one. You, you already hinted at the run support. He was already six. He had the six best run support in baseball. The, that is insane, year, right? And for the Orioles, but that's what the they're such a boomer bust lineup. Yep. Uh, but they can they can they can still spread hit the ball very well. And he had the sixth best run support. Number one, by the way, is Eduardo Rodriguez. Um. And, and so, so the relocation there doesn't do anything. I think that the value here is the better defense. I mean, he had nine wins and was pitching well for a bad Baltimore defense. And, and he Boston relies on get contact.
0: He realized yeah. the contact being turned into out. So, yeah, you're right there. That could definitely improve and maybe save, save a few extra runs here and there for Cashner.
1: Well, that and getting rid of the sinker. I mean, that sinker was a garbage pitch oh, for God. him. And yeah. he's just stopped throwing it. I mean, you look at his pitch utilization, that sinker went from the mid-30s to 5%. And now he's throwing more change So he's he's pitching like you know, fastball up, change-up down, and throw some sliders. You watch him pay. He doesn't look like Andrew Kashner. Hell, that oh. facial beard, he looks like Justin Mason now
2: <laughs> when he has <laughs> no. the big beard.
1: <laughs> You know, who he looks like um,
0: is the Justin, uh, the Justin, the Andrew <laughs> Cashner I wanted him to become with the Padres, which was to get rid of that two-seamer and and go for seamer secondary stuff more often. The thing was, he would snap one of those 96 two-seamers and it would, you know, it was completely off the plate and it would snap back over the plate. You'd see that like three, four times a game. And it was enough to make you think that it was good, but it was confusing you because the other times it was getting beaten around the yard when it wouldn't move or it would just hang and it was just a bad, bad pitch. Justin, do you also believe that there is a little something here that makes Andrew casher now with Boston more mixed league viable?
2: Yes and no, I believe that he has made some changes that it that's helped contribute to kind of this uh resurgent. I do not believe it's necessarily that sustainable i mean you you quoted his fit, but i mean we we go over and look at the x Fip and uh the Sierra both are uh, hovering around five. Uh, I mean, the big change is really... That's
0: curious on the XFIP that it would be that high, though, because I don't see anything over the top as far as homers you know, being stifled. 11% homer to fly ball rate, even if the average is up a couple points this year. So he has a 1.0 homer 9. I don't know. I don't see it as as egregious. I know the bad pip is very low at 256, but as Jason highlighted, that could not have such a major regression based on the improved defense behind him. So I think I might disagree with Fip there a little bit in terms of their outlook on, on Kashner.
2: I think that's fair. Uh, I mean, I, I've been really impressed by the changeup it's been by P It's been one of the best pitches in baseball this year, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is large part uh, of the reason why he's doing so well. And are also uh, the increased ground ball rate, the lowered fly ball rate, obviously helping kind of in this home run environment that being said, uh, I just I, I don't trust Andrew Kashner. Um, it's just, I understand the trepidation. Yeah, I, I just I don't do. know that. I I want I, I, the upside is so small, considering what the downside will be.
0: That's a, that's a good way to highlight it. Now I will say uh, um, we're doing this later. We usually do uh, Monday morning, but the to get the three of us together this time was we're perfect. So it's definitely worth it. So weekly leagues are kind of already set because there was a day game today which is very rare for a monday so we would we would be coming no, under Samarja. the wire Jeff Samarja, man he stepped up her marquez yikes but um cashner in leagues where you pick up daily is actually going to be up for a two-start toronto at home and then at baltimore that, that sounds like something i would want to jump on but then new york at home the very next week so is this like uh jason are you, are you getting them for these two and Cutting, or would you reserve Kashner if he's if he does well in these two starts, and then you want to avoid him next week at the Yankee or versus the Yankees at home?
1: Yeah, I would do that strategy. Take him this week and reserve through because you look you look through after that. He's going the Yankees tough start, Angels tough matchup. Then he picks up the Orioles again. Then he's likely to get the Padres. Then he's likely to get the Angels again. You know what? With that schedule, that's not a bunch of great matchups to hear to September. Then you've got the Yankees, then you've got the Jays, then you have all the Giants. There's a good one. Uh, Then you have the Rangers, uh, and that's probably his last start of the regular season. So that's not a great schedule for him the rest of the way.
0: It's kind of touch and go, and it goes to Justin's point about the upside versus the potential risk. Now, it all depends on your situation, too. Some people are looking for any oasis of pitching. You know, give me six innings, four runs, a non-implosion. That's obviously not a great start, but, like, some people are dying just for that, just to get some volume, maybe squeeze four or five strikeouts out of that. They're in a more desperate situation. I I think 15-team mix. I would would take the gamble in a 12-team mix this week, maybe, like, a 10-team head-to-head for this week, but long-term, I lean closer to what Justin's saying about juice probably not worth the squeeze. And I think Jason would agree with that as well, that right. we're not going to bend over backwards for this. But it is at least a viable spot start play, which if you guys had told me he was coming into the season, I would have laughed you out of the room. I really didn't see any hope for Andrew Kashner coming yeah. into this year.
1: I got a question for it. Like when you're doing your weekly pitcher rankings, how deep do you get into the rankings before you throw up in your mouth a little? Is it like 15 nowadays? See, Justin used to have to do weekly. I don't do weekly because of the vomit. I would have
0: esophageal problems. Yeah, his doctor made him stop.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's so bad.
0: Too much vomiting, the acid was ruining my esophagus because it takes no time. Honestly, the July rankings, when I posted them, I was like, I I live to tell the story here because it's so – It got so bad so quick. I almost felt like the boy who cried wolf because we've been
2: complaining about it all year. You were at least able to take a small vacation because of the All Star break. Like you were able to, like, decompress afterwards. Yes.
0: Because July was definitely the worst like it amped a level of awfulness especially as as some of the newcomers like giolito were kind of showing some cracks you're like now i can't even rely on these new guys that are coming through matthew boyd was having a few bumpy ones those are two guys who were moving up you had john so it's means been...
2: in your top 45 it was like that's all star john means yeah all star john means
0: Good old All Star John Means. You know who else is could be on his way up the way he's been pitching lately is Homer Bailey. The other guy who was traded. Now he goes out to Oakland, and now I think folks are hoping if you're an Oakland fan that this is this year's Mike Fires because of what he did last year. Which actually he's continued by the way. If you look at Mike Fires, he's doing exactly what he he did last year, which is completely beating the metrics. He's got a four sixty one FIP, three sixty one ERA, just doing his normal thing. I think people are hoping that Bailey can do the same here. He gets a team improvement. But again, his improvements aren't as big as as getting off of a bad team would normally be because, yeah, he goes to a big park. He already was in one. And I, I feel like the KC defense actually was one of their strengths, uh, particularly in the outfield. I feel like it'd be one of the things that was actually pretty decent. So I don't even know if he's getting upgrades there or not by, by moving here. But what do you guys think about the Homer Bailey outlook? He's had a few good spurts of usefulness, but I, I worry that it's something back to what Justin said about, uh, Kashner that maybe the downside just isn't worth it. Cause when it's bad, it's really bad. Justin, how do you feel about Homer Bailey going over to Oakland, coming off of a, a hot streak of his own?
2: Yeah, I don't think this is going to end well either. Uh, the only nice thing about Bailey as opposed to Kashner is that the strikeouts have really taken an uptick this year. Yes. So at least you're getting something when things are going poorly. Uh, I just I, I don't know that there's a format I want Homer Bailey on my team.
0: You know, one of my favorite pitches, I think, has become a big problem in this era with the home runs because when you miss with a splitter yep. – it's gone, and we've seen Tanaka deal with this even when the ball doesn't fly, and and while I do love the splitter, it, it, is, it is such a volatile pitch. When you don't have that feel, it is just floating in there as like a 8 to 10 mile an hour slower than your fastball, sometimes even more depending on what kind of sli- uh, splitter they throw. It's 9 miles in Bailey's case and it's just it's it's like an auto homer at this point so that does worry me and that breeds extra volatility for Bailey but I will point out that when he's on he's been really on his last 6 283 ERA in 35 innings with 29 strikeouts so not too far from that strikeout per inning he started the season with some interesting stuff based off of that slider off of that splitter excuse me but then went on a run that uh, that has you vomiting again. It was a let's see here a seven an eight start run with a seven thirty one ERA in thirty two innings. So again, you have to do that calculus of is this potential downside of getting Jordan Lyles with the start that he had recently or Herman Marquez? Is it worth potentially taking one of those? to maybe squeeze out a handful of good starts here. And that's what you have to ask yourself when you're picking up somebody like Homer Bailey or Kasher. I will say, Jason, before I'm late talk about Bailey, I uh, get Seattle this week and then it sets up for a two start the following week, but it's at Houston and home to Texas. So oh. what what are you doing with Bailey?
1: <laughs> that's exactly what I was, I was just going to bring up the fact that you know at least in at least in the AL Central, he had other lineups that yes. he could pick on a little bit. Now he's gonna now he has Houston and Texas right out of the gate and that's that's your fear. Uh and that's that's the problem with them. I mean, yes, the expansive foul territory should help for a guy that's featuring his splitter. But even you know this weekend as you were talking about that, I'm remembering the 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 home run that Renato Nunez hit off Yanni Chirinos, which was actually a good splitter. What even a bad splitter. It was a good splitter low and away out of the zone and Nunez one armed it eight rows deep into left center field. It's like how <laughs> it's the crazy. hell do you do that oh yeah the baseball yeah even a good splitter can get hit out right now yep uh and that's the problem so you, you, he's gonna have a, a texas lineup which could put a hurting on you an astros lineup which can put a hurting on you and they're not even full strength yet uh but don't don't sleep hmm. on the angels uh obviously i oh, know no, i mentioned them earlier those guys can they can hit that's the thing yeah they you, don't mentioned pitch, they hit. The, uh, you mentioned that with the you
0: mentioned that with the Cashner lineup as one of the tougher teams, they're sixth in WOBA against righties. They don't strike out either. So somebody like cashners is going to get no strikeouts, and somebody like Bailey is going to get fewer when that's supposed to be his saving grace. And obviously, if Trout's out, that's a different calculus there. But I don't know why I keep saying calculus. I'm going to use it 52 more times today. Calculus. But uh, you know they, they can be difficult when trout and when they're at full strength uh, the angels as well so be careful there so both these guys deeper formats uh, no, we know you not have not even deeper bottom.
2: formats I just
0: no you have to though. you can't you can't just what what are you gonna do like,
2: I mean, I know G- guys like these deeper formats or make it harder for you to come back in those formats like
0: yeah but but you can't you you'll fall behind in in volume if you just do relievers like you have to put starters out there. In these in these uh, fifteen teamers and, and of course AL only. Like
1: well, you yeah, have- I'll tell you this though. Well, Gianella has Bailey in AL talent 2 start week and he's on his bench. They, and
0: that's one of our litmus tests of whether or not y- you you should keep a guy if you can't start him in a two start week. You have to Is consider Kaschner
1: him in as there? a cut. Is Cashner yep. in his lineup? Because I cut Cashner a month ago. Um, <laughs> Did you get up. anything good out of him? Did you, oh, God, like, no. I forgot pitcher? what oh, I you, got. I forgot. Got them. I used him, and then I got rid of him. Um, I got a couple of wins right out of the gate out of him, and I think I kept him one more week and he was gone. But, yeah, no, he's got a two-start Heaney, a two-start Parcello, two-start Kastner. He's got Morton and Gibson on single starts, uh, Elias, Giles, Rodgers and Presley make up his pen, but he That's has a Bailey on the bench. Only, uh, it is. So he is. So. Yeah, yeah, it is. But he's, got, yeah. but he's got Bailey on his bench when he could have benched Ronald Guzman, uh, who has been terrible, moved Nate Lowe to swing and gone 10 pitchers this week. So he had an option of putting Bailey in, but he left him out.
0: Okay. Well, and let, let me be clear. I'm not saying bend over backwards, run out, and go get these guys at all costs.
2: That's exactly what but, you're saying.
0: But the nose pile up after a while, and you're like, "Well, I don't have anybody here, and I'm not gonna put, you know, Dakota Hudson in. I, you know, I guess he's he's kind of cashnery, and where it's a ground ball rate that really sustains him. But anyway, those two guys got enough press there. Let's talk about some uh, fab from last night, some of the key pickups. See where you guys are at on them. Uh, you listed Philip Irvin up at the top here, Justin, which did intrigue me because I actually picked him up, not because of the six hit game. Like that was cool and all, but that's not why you pick somebody up. Main reason was because I'm nervous about Jesse Winker, who went out with an oblique injury, which we don't have news on yet, and I have Winker, so I was picking up, trying to pick up a potential preemptive backup, and I got Irvin for just two bucks. So uh, let's assume the worst here, because that's what we do with injuries. He's not in the lineup on Monday, expected to be available off the bench. We'll see how that goes. This is even worse, by the way, when when it's like that middling injury, so you don't know, they don't go to the IL, but they just kind of linger for a bit for Winker. What could you see out of Irvin if Wink uh, if Winker did have to hit the IL and opened some playing time for him, Justin? Uh,
2: I think, I mean, he's a guy who's always kind of crushed lefties, but uh, he's actually holding his own pretty well against righties this year too. And uh, he plays good enough defense, I think, they, they give him every day at bats if Winker has to hit uh, the IL. Uh, so I think this is a guy that he's not going to hit for a ton of power. It's just that's not really his game, but – If you're struggling in the batting average department, I mean, he's I think he could probably hit like 270, 280 in kind of the absence of Winker. And I think that is something that – I think some people look at the ratio categories at this time of the year and go, well, I'm not going to make much movement. And uh, there's a lot of people, including like Todd Zola – uh, who have done studies that show they actually move a lot more than people think, and sometimes a lot to, more than the uh, the counting categories.
1: It's just really tough to it's, it's tough to track, it. that's the problem. Yeah, at least in the other categories, you're like, okay, I am eight behind in strikeouts. Yep. Uh, but you look at the you look at a. Uh, the the whip it'll take at it one point three nine four okay well how many if a guy throws seven innings and shut up ball I mean you probably saw the damage today if you had Herman Marquez in sure. your lineup you, you probably lost, like, saw four points in, in both ratio no no but um, that's all it takes a good a, you know two good starts could move it as much as one bad start does.
0: Yeah, Jason, you make a great point there. And a lot of the times you do have to work extra hard to, to erase a dud. And, you know, Marquez is going to take like f- legitimately like four gems off of your team to, to erase the damage there. But there's two reasons why that they move more. And, and Justin highlighted how a lot of people have done research. Todd Zola has been out front on it. Other folks have done it at, at all the various sites. Two reasons. One, they're usually more compact. And so you could be six spots away, but it's really not that much in WIP or ERA. Two, people can come down to you. That can't happen in homers. You can't get negative seven homers for the week. They're always adding, even if it's smaller than you, and obviously you're getting closer to them. But with ERA, you can get the the double whammy. Your guys go off, and they have Herman Marquez, and voila, he was six points ahead of you. All of a sudden, you guys meet in the middle as you bypass him. So – do I not feel quit your like rage. Keep talking shit.
2: about this Herman Marquez guy. Did he have a bad outing or something today?
1: It didn't go so well. I... Don't think he's getting to 17 wins in a 3.15 ERA this year. Don't think just so. don't see that happening. Don't I? I don't. I don't see it. But can't talk about it because
0: I don't have a good main event team. And if you don't, <laughs> you can't talk about players. It's the rule. It's the rule. It's in the dipshit handbook. And uh, you you just get it. You ask a dipshit for the handbook, and they'll put it right there. It's written in crayon, so you have getting to, be able to, to the ratios.
1: That. Getting to the ratios, though, almost at this point, my favorite strategy is is just to start tearing things up. And seeing if you could move, if you, if you could stay where you are, if you could possibly move up. Like Justin and I were talking before you before you got back on the call, Paul. Like ERA wise, if Podhorser's leading the league with a three sixty four. Actually, he's tied with Davitt at three sixty four, and then Liebavitz is there at three point six nine. But then, like the next tier is Rick and Glenn at four point zero nine, making up four tenths of a run is really tough. This time of year, like I'm at 4.36. There's that much gap between third and fourth place. So, But I can look at, okay, but like I'm at 4.36 and Bender's behind me at 4.48. So I, I figure I can maybe jump. To fourth place, or I could slide to seventh place, but there's no way I'm getting a third place. I mean, there's right. there is a almost three quarters of a run difference between me and third place. That's just not something I can catch. But if I look at if I go look at OBP, I'm leading the league at 343. Erickson's at 340, and then Rob, you know, Rob's three and a half points behind me right now. I'm in first, and he's in second overall. He's at 334, so I'm looking at that like, okay, I have a almost a ten, I have a nine point OBP lead on him. But two weeks ago it was reversed. So I made up nine points of OVP in two weeks, so I can lose wow. nine points of OVP in two weeks, but there's only so far I can, I can backslide. And that's the great yeah. point about just guys coming back to you. It's, it's not, you keep doing your thing and maybe other teams go down, but in counting categories, you're just constantly chasing. It's only one direction. It's up. Yep. And, and,
0: and to put a bow on it, Irvin could help you out with the batting average. If he gets the time, keep an eye on Winker. We don't know right now. He just know that he's going to miss Monday.
2: They've also had him hitting like up, you know, high in the lineup when he is in. So he's and that's been a solid line in second. So they've,
0: they've come around, mm-hmm. uh, they, Cubs, they're, they're Cardinals, Brewers,
1: better. Rockies, his next four until the Pittsburgh closes out the month. That's the next four series for the Reds. Wow. So they're staying in division for quite
0: a bit there. Yeah. Uh, let's stay in that division as well. And talk about Daniel Ponce de Leon, who definitely was a hot ticket item in a light week. It was admittedly a light, a light week there, but Ponce de Leon, I think would have gotten attention even in a, in a more aggressive week because he's been pitching really well. He's now down to a 199 ERA with 38 strikeouts in his 31 and two thirds. It's a it's, uh, reliever and starter split, but he's coming off of a June 12th, July 12th start, excuse me, where he went six and two thirds, three hits, one run, seven strikeouts, zero walks. Jason, let's start with you on Daniel Ponce de Leon. What kind of outlook does he have here? Is he somebody that that you're looking at as a rest of season sort of guy for the Cardinals?
1: Uh, yeah, I am. I mean, there's such a weird team to try to figure out because they have you know, when you look at that, you you expect that team to hit well and they haven't hit well. Uh, in fact, I wrote up his uh, I actually with the, the preseason. I wasn't that high on him. I, I did his preseason outlook at Rotowire. I said Ponce de Leon is Italian for swingman. I said that's what he was. So it's like he didn't have enough. He didn't have enough stuff to be as a starter. And he couldn't dominate at the end. It's like so uh, I said he's he's a single league material a single end guy with back end material at that. His stuff simply lacks life. Like nothing coming into this season said he was going to be able to do this, even in a short sample size. I mean, but just an extreme fly ball pitcher, and right now things are going his way. Uh, and to your point earlier, you know we're we 68 to 70 games left right now, uh, depending on which team we're talking about. You're running out of runway. You've got to you you play the hot hand. As my friend Jason Hanselman tweeted out today, anything can happen over fifty plate appearances. Anything,
0: it it really can. But you just have to avoid, like I said, the the, I brought up the Jordan Lyles one, which I took on the chin there. It's so hard right now, though, too. And you do so much good work. And, I, and by that, I mean you just you put your guys in the lab. You're not doing work. But you know what I mean? you are you got the team clicking. Things are going well. And one of those starts just a racist. It pulls the rug right out from under you. And it's so brutal and so annoying. But Ponce de Leon is pitching well. Justin, do you share a positive outlook on him? I'll give a few numbers here. 33% strikeout rate and 11% swinging strike. Kind of helps mitigate the fact that he does walk a bit. Obviously, um, Babbip's going to come down is 175 but we're not expecting a 199.82 era whip combo the rest of the way can he be a a force for even guy the rest of the way with strikeouts for daniel Ponce de leon
2: do you think his 94 percent left on base percentage is going to come down
0: no, it's going to go up. I've, okay. I've got it going up on my projections. All right, yeah.
2: just just checking. Uh,
0: <laughs> do you have it going down, dude? Do you even do projections, bro? Whoa. Bro. Uh, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. That's embarrassing for you. You have it going down from 94? Oh, yeah. my God,
2: dude. I mean, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> um, obviously, there is going to be some regression uh rest of the way. But uh, Ponce de Leon, while his stuff isn't overwhelming, he is really good at kind of limiting hard contact, uh getting guys to pop up. Uh, he's a miss
0: the barrel type, right?
2: Yeah. He he's just not a guy that is necessarily easy to square up. Yeah. Um and it, it show it shows in his numbers and that's why we're seeing him do what he's doing. Like I said, it's gonna change but he only has a 10% line drive percentage. He gets you out on the ground or he gets you up in the air and is almost 20% infield fly ball percentage. Uh, that's fantastic, is, by the way. And, and that's like, that is kind of what he does. It was almost 20% in the minor leagues. Uh, all throughout the minor leagues, it's been at 30%, 37%, 26%. I mean, this is what he does is he gets you uh, to pop up in, in the infield. He gets you on the ground. Um, it's not necessarily going to be, uh, an overwhelming profile and you watch him pitch and you wonder how he's doing it, but he does and it, it works. And, um, so yeah, I think he's a guy that I wouldn't mind picking up and being okay that he's giving me like a three, six, three, seven ERA rest of the way.
0: Yeah, I agree. Three cheers for Ponce de Leon there. Uh, let's move on to Danny Jansen, uh, a guy who I, I broke a cardinal rule for a rule that I hold dear. I don't mess with. Catching prospects, but I let 95 plate appearances cloud that a little bit, and they weren't even overwhelming, but he was he was good in his sample last year. Jansen was. Again, it was 95 plate appearances, 247, 347, 432. This was on the heels of a strong AAA campaign and a good three-level season back in 2017. So it looked like he was really emerging here, and I thought, okay, he's ready to go and be a contributor. And, oh, my gosh, was he terrible to start the season and – one of the weird things is we've we've all talked about how bad catcher is. It's actually turned out to not be bad. It's just <laughs> bad right. guys are the ones who have emerged. Like anybody that we expected outside of the the very tippy top, it's like the top four or five. They panned out. Then it's a dead period for fifteen, and then the next fifteen, which were supposed to be like the nobodies, are the ones who've come up. Josh Fegley, uh, James McCann, Roberto perez christian vasquez like those are the guys going off so there has been a little bit of depth what that's created is a position where people have cut danny jansen and frankly you can't blame them dude was toting a sub 500 ops as late as june 25th like that hey, just
1: did he did he did he breaking news of course what do you got chris taylor broken forearm
0: well there goes that uh, the, he was gonna point he was gonna be losing play plays, 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 play, plays itself I mean, out yeah
1: yeah
2: but it,
0: always plays itself out and it sucks i'm not saying it's good that he got hurt or anything like that i'm just saying I, i'm not even surprised unfortunately because matt, with Beattie. back,
1: matt Beattie's up
0: and place. he'll he'll do random things that will make he's a tough one though beaty's a tough one he'll do things that will make you want to pick him up but the playing time just won't be there if anybody was worried about their aj pollock maybe not playing full time you shouldn't have been but now you really don't have to be because he's
1: been great since he
0: He's been excellent, and as long as he's healthy, he's 1 trillion
1: percent going to play. It started be... to derail from Danny Jansen. but No, no, it,
0: it's all right, but uh, it, yeah, and it was interesting news there, and I think Taylor uh, is an easy cut in all formats. Maybe I know only you hang on, but other than that, move on. But uh, since that June 25th point for Jansen— 409, 422, 932, with six of his eight homers on the season. So he's really surged in a tight, compacted time. Justin, is this a hot streak for a guy who's still gonna have a down year, or is this him starting, finally uh, establishing himself again and starting to come together to the, the guy that we all, are, we being the industry, I don't know where you, I forget where you were on him. Oh, I, I was but high I, on him. High, yeah. That, okay, that we hyped then. Is this yeah. is this time for the payoff here, or is it just a little flash?
2: Uh, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I think that uh, it's it's obviously a flash. He's hitting 382 with four home runs during the month of July so far. Um, it's obviously not going to continue. Yeah, sustainable. So that that being said, uh, uh, he obviously wasn't as bad as his initial run this season looked. He's starting to get more comfortable at the plate. I think he's gonna probably be like a 250 guy. Batting average wise, rest the way, which is kind of what we expected. We expected him not to be a guy who was going to win your league, but a catcher who wasn't going to hurt you in a yep. year with a lot of catchers that were going to hurt you. And now, both of those thought processes were were wrong. Um, but I think he can be a guy who's not going to hurt you rest the way.
0: I want to give some real time to the uh, to the unsung heroes portion. So I'm actually going to skip based on this one. We're going to go each of you are going to talk about these <laughs> next ones. I was just going to
1: say I was just going to say real quick on Jansen. You mentioned since June 25th. Even if you take him back to June 1st, still 297, 347, 582. Oh, that plays. I mean, right? that and, 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 and rookie play. rookie catchers, there's a lot they have yep. to do, and that's
0: why we always say, I know. "Oh, no rookie catchers." And that's why I don't. That's why I don't <laughs> take them. But then I'm like, Danny Jansen's the chosen one, and I, I, it was, I broke well, it the was, rule.
2: It was more about how ugly the rest of the position correct. was. That's correct. Correct. I mean, there was a, between like Danny Jansen and the guy right ahead of him, there was a hundred points of ADP. Hey, that's I said right. he was going
1: to outperform Buster Posey this year, and my bold prediction, and that's still working out. How dare you?
2: Everything comes back I to the Giants. Posey,
0: Posey's got four in Coors right now, and he got off to a little hot start today. So we'll see. Maybe he's going to turn around. But we'll go to the next one here, and it'll be Jason only. It'll be fitting. I'm going to tailor it. I'm going to put Nate Lowe here. I moved him up the list one spot here to make sure you got to talk about him because uh, he's back, and – you know, there's a lot of people that paid big for him and had to cut him because he was down for a full month, and they just they just couldn't justify hanging on. Is is Nate Lowe here for good? And obviously, this is a major hot streak with five homers in like eight games. But how believable is it, Jason? Like, what what can we really expect the rest of the way, playing time wise and performance wise
1: for Nate Lowe? All right. So last week I said I didn't see a world where both he and 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 Gman Choi, I almost said Sop Choi. Wow, uh, wow, could could coexist on the same roster because both lefties who struggle to hit lefties. Yep. Uh, but there's been a couple of things that change. One, they're talking about giving Brandon Lowe time at third base right when now. He He's back. taking ground balls today. Uh, that's I'm oh, sorry, Nate Lowe.
0: Oh, I was going to say, because I was like, dang, no, Brandon Lowe got no, hurt.
1: So I was talking about Nate Lowe. They're talking about Nate Lowe getting okay. ground balls today at third base. Let's so go. that to me is like, we need to keep you. I think, you know, when he first came up earlier this year and he got set back down, you guys were like, what the hell? And I told you watching games, was like, what the hell, everybody, right? you know, the, the pitching staff. And I believe that game was against Baltimore too. just pounded him on the inside. Now, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, this time around, all Baltimore did this week is pitch him away, and he kept hitting the ball Baltimore, away and okay. hitting it over the fence. I don't know why that league has gotten away to it because it's not like he was adjusting to being pitched inside, but they kept pitching him away, and he's got really good plate coverage, and he t- he's got power to all fields. So if they're, if they're giving him ground balls at third base— uh, he's not in the lineup tonight against Paxton, but obviously that's a tough matchup for him. Sure. Uh, you know, when they've got they've got Matt Duffy on his way back for now until he re-injures himself because he's on the Jacoby Ellsbury plan, uh, you know, no. so he should be back. He may be back by the end of this week. Uh, and at that point, then you're looking at roster crunch. Uh, you know, Choi, I think, played one one and a half of the four-game series in Baltimore. Um, you've got Joey Wendell, who's just not hitting. Uh, and he does have a minor league option, could be sent back down. That may be where they go uh for that because duffy's got the he's the better defender can play third second and short is a right-handed bat they need to come off the bench because the bench is mostly um, lefty heavy uh and that may be the direction they go but i think that's what's changed this week is uh brandon Lowe looks a lot better at the plate uh and they're willing to give him some time at third base nate
0: looks better nate Lowe
1: did it again yeah all right <laughs> got the last all right. right the first thing wrong like yes, Eric Swanson did, and did.
0: Eric Hansen. I'm going to keep doing that shit forever. <laughs> <laughs> wow. that that Oh, dude. So you call Eric Swanson from Seattle, Eric Hansen, the, yes. the throwback pitcher who's it's very same, like same stuff. similar <laughs> profile. To, that's crazy. Yes, dude. That's a throwback name right there. Um, But I'm with you. And I didn't know about that third base news. And that's really intriguing because just more avenues to get low on the diamond is huge. And he's been raking. And I really think he needs to be on a roster in just about every format right now until we really know where he's at. Because... The impact could be substantial. Uh, Justin, this one's for you. Alex Young, a, a crafty lefty rookie for the Diamondbacks, get the two start week at Texas versus Milwaukee. So it's very difficult, <laughs> and the results are not really backed up by his metrics. What are we doing with this? Uh, I mentioned crafty, which is another way of saying no velocity, and it's true though. I mean, he throws eighty-eight, eighty-nine from the left side. What are we doing with Alex Young out in uh, out now Arizona? Excuse me.
2: Avoiding at all costs. Okay, uh, that's. a no. Yeah, I don't. I don't think this one's uh, particularly close. Uh, I mean, he's done yeah, on the how back. Could you? Yeah, he's done on the backs of getting to face the Giants uh, at home and, uh, or sorry, the Giants on the road and the Rockies at home. So yeah, yeah, uh, facing that's, two that's, teams that really struggle. Uh... <laughs> that's a
0: perfect setup, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you can't get better than that to get the best park against I a mean, crummy team. He's and got a team four that...
2: walk per nine in the minor leagues this year. It's Um, And and hasn't shown the strikeout stuff in in the majors in in his first two starts uh, on three appearances. So uh, I'm staying away against these really, really tough matchups. I know some people streamed him in NL only, but I didn't even have a bid on him in NL tout.
0: Let me say this about Alex Young. If he does do well on Sunday against Milwaukee – it is going to encourage people to want to pick him up for the trip to Miami the following Saturday. Oh, yeah. So that might be a worthy stream, but I agree with Justin here that I would I mean, not but after touch watching,
1: it. After watching the Ryan Yarbrough and Tom Eshelman game yesterday where <laughs> one guy threw one pitch over 90, you yeah. guys are not on board with a guy that can't break 90? Seriously, that was the weirdest game ever. I mean, it started was, with Ryan Stanek just throwing yeah. gas, and then that was the last and no one touched we him. saw. <laughs> yeah,
0: no one touched him in terms of velocity. It was, It became a different game. Uh, <laughs> I, listen, I won't rule out that, that Alex Young could do something of note, um, but I'm with Justin on this week. Run, 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 run. Yeah. Uh, there is a 14% swing strike rate in the 13 innings, but I just... I don't know. I don't know how believable it is. He doesn't throw the fastball a lot. We can give him credit for like it's not like he's trying to lean fastball. He only throws at 39%. Has a 32% slider, 16% curve, and 13% changeup. So it's a kitchen sink thing for Alex Young. Again, the best I can do is say keep an eye on him, and if he does something that that you don't hate on Sunday, and you watch him in these starts, you're like, ah, oh, this isn't terrible at Miami next Saturday that's the best I can do for Alex Young he has to do more to earn more time more of our time let's move on to Denelson Lomet and Jason this one's yours I like Denelson Lomet in general um but this year I'm just not really interested in it I just don't mess with guys returning from TJ uh if if they really change my mind and there's that outlier sure but I'll miss the boat by then because I don't I don't preemptively pick them up but how do you feel about Denelson Lomet and what
1: he could do the rest of the way that's pretty much it for me right there. I mean, let's th- just think back to what we've gone through with you, Darvish, still waiting for him to put together like two consecutive good outings. And you'd look at Lamette L- 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 so far through two outings, uh, four walks, three home runs. That there is is—it's always the command is the last thing that comes back for these guys. And he didn't uh, have and- any to begin with. It wasn't that great to begin with That's the issue here I mean, you may some people may go back down and look at the minor leagues And say, oh wow, he gave up 1.8 home runs in AAA Aye, it's El Paso Everybody hits a home run in El Paso yeah. Everybody, even Terrence Gore could go deep in El Paso <laughs> But that is uh, it, It's a command And I I did not watch him pitch But I got a lot of people went, Hey, LeBet, I'm like, no I I'm t- i don't Careful. want these guys coming back in season From uh, from TJ surgery The command's never good enough for me to like it Yep,
0: full agree. All right, unlikely hero time. Let's talk about these guys. Let's stay with Lumet's team. This is a group of guys here that have really come out of the woodwork, whether it's your mid to late rounds or waiver pickups in some leagues. Hunter Renfro's the first guy here, and uh, he's been – Better than I thought too, so I, I agree with his inclusion here. He and Franmil, uh, the Franmil, I should say, Franmil Reyes, have been an awesome back-to-back combo there. When they when they're both clicking, it's all awesome. That said, they're pretty redundant, and, and and the Padres probably should be open to trading one of them since they're both probably DHs. How dare you? But Justin Hunter Renfro, you know, he kind of plays into your thing about. Let me get this immense power, and if I can spike a halfway decent batting average, because I kind of had him down for like a two and a quarter, two twenty-five, and he's hitting two forty-five, so he would right now at least qualify as somebody that's even overperforming the batting average that I would give him. Is this a forty, forty-plus homer profile this year for Hunter Renfro?
2: Oh, I think so. I think I don't. I don't think that's going to be particularly close. A lot of the, yeah, a lot of the projection so systems have him, um, you know, between forty-one and forty-seven home runs. Okay, let's go. Uh, so then 50, <laughs> can, can he get the fifty then? How
0: about that? Let's be a little bit more out I there. Think, All bets are off in September, man. Yeah. Like, when we get those fifty yeah. pitchers up,
1: that's it's going to be insane.
2: That's a good <laughs> with, how, ball in the, with how people he, are barreling up the ball this year, uh, and just he has got the real manpower that plays anywhere. He oh, he gets uh,
0: beautiful homes too. When he when yeah. he goes up on the building, the Western Metal Supply Company mm-hmm. building, I freaking love it. It's so great.
1: I just, you don't even have to barrel up baseballs. You, no, you, don't. you have to you look at them at the home run. Look yep. at the home run that A.J. Pollock hit off Price last night. Mm-hmm. Did you no see the one? That's going out.
0: Did you see the one? I think it was Devers and uh, Rafael yes. Devers. And the side yes. look of it is pop-up can of corn. And he, his reaction is like, ah, damn, missed it. And then they oh, link, it carries out.
2: Dude, some of them are
0: so <laughs> bad. And obviously, like, Renfro, here's the thing a guy like Renfro doesn't need the extra feet, but now a few of his warning track shots are going out too. So he's going to hit the majestic ones, but he is also going to steal some. And so he's got 27 already. He's been great. He's an all formats kind of guy. Um, There's and it's been
2: a slight change in his profile too, where he is being a tad bit more patient waiting for pitches on, uh, on the plate as opposed to swinging out, uh, swinging, uh, at pitches outside, uh, I think it's obviously the ball, I think, is the biggest difference. Sure. But uh, there has been a tad chance in the approach. So uh, I I just think, yeah, I think there's a real chance he could hit 50 bombs this year.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh, very much in playing doesn't even take like a a ridiculous run. Jason makes a great point about September. He could seriously hit 15 of them. So even if he comes in uh, to September with 35 and you're like, "Ah, I don't think he's going to get to 50 don't don't hold your breath or you know don't don't get caught slipping there with uh renfro you could absolutely do that let's move over to probably my favorite guy on this list because i i really did like max kepler this year and i was hoping for some big things and he's really been strong uh 23 homers already eclipsed what he did last year when he hit 20 which All was off a career Brown. high and yeah he, oh my gosh he's owned trevor Brown. this is what I know I can speak for myself on this, but probably the other backers of Nomar Mazar were hoping for. It's this exact sort of thing. They have had three like league average solid seasons where you're like, that's a good player. You know, he's solid, but he's not, he hasn't jumped yet. Looking for Mazar to jump, looking for Kepler. Well, one out of two ain't bad because Kepler has jumped. And one of the big things I liked about him this year is all he really had to do was improve against righties. He actually lagged against righties last year and still put up the the league average, you know, passable season that he had. Well, this year he's up to an 893 against them with 18 of his 23 homers. And he's more than holding his own against lefties. 274, 314, 474 with five homers for Max Kepler. He's been really strong. Jason, is Kepler somebody that you got any shares of? Uh, and whether or not you did, what do you think about his uh, rest of the season outlook?
1: Yeah, I have a couple of shares. I mean, this is a guy, you know, Ian Conn and I talked about him quite a bit. Like he would last year... He's like, hey, what do you think about Kepler? It's like, he's got such a beautiful swing. I couldn't give up on the swing. And I was like, as long as he can just hold his own against lefties. And last year's WRC Plus was 101. This year it's 103. Uh, But he already has as many home runs against lefties this year that he did all of last year. And then the batting average is 274 against lefties, where it was 245 last year. So you're seeing those gains. But again, it's such a beautiful swing. You knew what he could do against righties. And we've seen a lot of these lefty hitting profiles before, and it's Always comes down to the same thing. If they could just hold their own against lefties, that's where that's where the magic happens. And we started yep. seeing it happen last year with him. Uh, and like you said, he underperformed against righties last year. Now he's performing back to his his previous career levels against righties, and he's maintaining that lefty. This is what's called a breakout season.
0: You get that extra, you get those extra starts against lefties, which can also get you some trickle at bats against righty relievers too. Because just because there's a lefty starter on the mound doesn't mean he won't face any righties in the game. And so the volume can really go up for somebody like Kepler. Love what he's done this year. Definitely believe in what he's doing too going forward. Another big bopper might be the cheapest of the three because the other two were always being drafted. Renfro and Kepler were getting drafted in every league. Uh, Maybe maybe waiver fodder for one of them. Maybe Renfro in in like a 10-team mixer. But for the most part, they were going at least in reserves. Jorge Soler was a bit more off the beaten path. And um, he had a good start to the season last year, but got hurt and it kind of derailed what looked like, hey, maybe it was his breakout. Now he's pacing to obliterate the KC Royals home run record. Do you guys know what it is?
1: Steve Balboni, 38.
0: Uh, I, I think he, it was 36 for him. And Mike Moustakis broke it with 38 oh, back in 2017. Right. So it's a pretty low number uh, as far as like a franchise goes. And Soler already has 25. He's pacing for 44. Justin, can Jorge Soler pop 44 homers this year and set the new record for the KC home run record?
2: Ooh, that is... I don't think he's going to. You don't
0: think I... he's going to hit... Because you have wiggle room. You could say he's going to beat the record, hit 39, but not get 44. Where 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 do you land, I guess?
2: I th- uh, steamer, Death Charts, uh, both have him hitting 38 for the year. oh tying and the bat tying has him moves. for th- what uh 40 40 40 and on Z- the butt zips yep. has him way under uh, but they
0: have its playing time way down zips does
2: yeah i i tend to lean towards steamer and depth charts and that he's probably going to miss it just barely
0: ah uh, but he's gonna be on the cusp that's gonna be a little fun thing to kind of watch you know just those little side mm-hmm. stories at the end of the year for the teams that uh especially the ones that contention. are really bad
1: Yeah, I Uh, love having him for $8 on my Yale tout team. Oh, I bet, man. I bet he's killing it for you because um, 25
0: homers already. That's what you planned for for the
1: season. I mean, I had him down. I think I had him down projection-wise as a $13 player player like, yeah, listener Craig. One of the guys, many guys we talk about in the offseason. He's like, man, really like Jorge Soler this year. I'm like, yeah, so do I. And I remember sitting, he's like one of the last outfielders I drafted on my town team. And I'm thinking, okay, now it's time to throw him out. I'm probably going to spend 12, 13. And and I got it. I was in the the even channel and somebody said seven and I said eight and nobody else spoke up. And I was like, hell yes. I was willing to go to 12, uh, maybe $13 for him. Because at that point, I was like, I need another home run guy. This is the guy. He's going to play. I just thought he was going be the full-time dh and they were just gonna let him play and he was gonna beat up on uh as long as he wasn't facing the, the twins and indians he would get to beat up on the the white Sox and, and detroit pitching and to your know, to your point is chasing 40 if, if detroit can trade matt boyd to tampa bay any day now that would be awesome uh and that detroit tiger staff really looks bad uh and this is what this is what Soler gets to beat up on for a while so uh big year for him here, and uh, it's just this is what happens when you have the skills, you get the opportunity for a team that knows they're not going anywhere and just want to see what they have, this is what they have. And, and they've waived Gore, they've waived Hamilton, they've called yeah. up Starling, this is where they're at.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, Justin, do you have anything else on and Solar before we move on?
2: Uh, not really. Uh, just, you know, exit velocity is in the 80th percentile, hard hurt percentage, 82nd percentile. Uh, he's in the top what, top 5% of the league in terms of barrel percentage this year? So, so Laird's
0: power is legit. I mean, yeah. Bob,
2: uh, here's the crazy. His defense is atrocious, though. Oh, that, it's, oh it's, comically it's terrible. Bad. <laughs> comically, it's, it's bad. I think Fran Mill
0: Reyes sends him tweets like, bro, your defense sucks.
2: Like, <laughs> and, and
0: he's justified. And nobody says, hey, Fran Mill, look at yours, because it's that much worse. Um that, That's that's. I'm just obviously kidding about that. They're both pretty terrible. But, uh, yeah, Solaire's been awesome. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this next one. It is a Ray, but I'm going to let Justin start. And then Jason can add on if there's anything that Justin misses. So it's a little test for Justin here. <laughs> We've got uh, um, Kevin Kiermeyer. He's staying healthy right now. Knock on wood. 251 average, way up from last year. 10 homers, 17 steals. Are we finally getting the breakout season, and obviously you can't predict the injury, Justin, but are you excited about what Kiermeyer's doing and what he could finish at if we can get a full season of playing time?
2: Uh, I mean, this is huge because only five players in Major League Baseball have more stolen bases than Kevin Kiermaier.
0: that's insane. Wait, say that again,
2: only five players in baseball have more stolen bases this year than Kevin Kiermeyer.
0: When I bring you on this show i don't I don't want you to lie, okay when nope. you get on the Skype call. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so this lying that you're doing right now, I will not tolerate it. You I'm... say only five have more than 17 steals?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Mondesi, Malik yeah. Smith, Yelich, Andrus, uh, and Jose Ramirez. Stolen bases wow. are way down. There's only, uh, let's see, there's only 21 guys who have double-digit stolen bases, in the majors this year. And that's only because Nico Goodrum like stole two bases yesterday. Yeah, he did. He's yeah. On my team too. <laughs> so, yeah, he did.
0: 17 is, is incredible.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that he's putting up so many stolen bases this year and hitting for average and showing some pop again, uh, means that he's back to being healthy. Cause I think we can pretty much throw out all of last year due to health and say that he should have been the guy that he was in 2017, uh, but I mean, the fact that nobody else is really running this year, just way inflates his value. Uh, gotta love Kevin Kiermaier the rest of the way, especially if he can stay on the field.
0: I, I would agree there. J- Jason, do you have anything to add or did uh, Justin articulate it quite well there?
1: He actually did. And speaking of the year of the catcher, Travis Darnot just hit a leadoff homer against James <laughs> Paxton. He's uh, the latest. Like he right? doesn't have the full
0: season numbers yet, but he's the latest just out of nowhere left for dead catcher. That's like Mets DFA ah, of Dodgers DFA. Yeah. I'll be, good.
1: Dodgers, yeah, <laughs> I'll be good
0: for a while. Why not? The, the stolen is, base is thing is
1: the stolen base thing is nuts. Uh, but you know, Kiermaier, like yo, you know, Eno, in our group text, you know, was like, "Hey, should I say for Kiermaier?" I'm like, "Yeah, go ahead." And he has because he said he needed steals, and he's been getting steals. He's had, I think, uh, 10, 10 stolen bases since. The thing with Kiermaier is just he's not. There's no plate discipline anymore. He he just do- doesn't care, and he doesn't. He's not accepting walks. Uh, you know, that's really what's down. I. I He's also still the only major leaguer who blocks me on Twitter, uh, but that's he is. So uh, wild to I mean. still that's still why, one of my favorite stories. We're talking about. His we don't OBP. know the resolution to. The last couple of years, his OBP has been below 300, and, and that's the A the, the couple of years ago, when he was running more. That's So when he's on base right now, he is running a lot. But as a hitter, I don't see the improvements. I'm always waiting for him to lay off the high fastball. And like this weekend, I was mad because there was an opportunity. I think Fam was on base. I need the stolen bases in tout. Every stolen base is going to count by the end of the season. Fam's on first, 2-1 count. He takes off. Kiermaier swings at a fastball up and away. I'm like, God damn it, stop swinging. Uh... You can't do anything with that pitch. He fouls it off. Uh, and so, the, but no, I, I'm not seeing the improvements as a hitter, but he is in the lineup most days um, and volume. will do the it. I mean, and volume. It's really what it comes down yeah. to. And, he, and he's running when he's on base when he gets on base, but he's still not a good hitter. Um, and most of the time he's hitting at the, you know, they, they keep trying to find a home for him in the lineup. And right now that home seems to be lower in the lineup.
0: Well, Kiermaier is one of those guys who can volume his way to a successful season, but we, we keep going for him because if things did click, there is that breakout potential top you know five round kind of capability. But right now... I, I highest he's zone be... contact
2: percentage of his career and highest zone swing percentage of his career. So, you know,
0: that's one of the things, too, you have to balance. It's like he is being aggressive, and it's working to but at least a degree right now. He's being aggressive in the zone. Yeah, which means... If he's in the if that's early in counts too, then I'm not as worried that the walk rate's gone. Now it is a sub three three hundred OBP, which is problematic no matter how you slice it. But I think I, I can live with this. And if he can add anything to the game, it would only improve things. Just please stay healthy. He is Care what he health. is. I'm the problem
1: the issue for him, it's a lot of four three ground balls to the right side. That's yeah. What, it's when you watch him. that's where a majority of his outs are. And he's hitting the ball on the ground more than ever this year. And a lot of it is to the right side. It's almost to the point. I'm surprised the league's not shifting him more on the infield. That's how frequently he's hitting ground balls on the infield.
0: I wonder if his speed helps prevent that because I know he'll. He's just, not a I good mean, bunner. That's true. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, not, he's really not. All right. I got a Texas starter for each year. Uh, Jason, oh, we'll we're start we're with so going yard. Sorry. Oh, just missed a home run hit foul. The next Max Muncy, potentially. <laughs> uh, I got Lance Lynn for you, Jason. Twenty-six strikeout, twenty-six percent strikeout rate, six percent. Well, five and a half. I'll get. I'll, I'll even do the decimal form. Five and a half percent walk right there for Lance Lynn. Three sixty-nine ERA, one twenty-one WHIP. He's really been on fire of late. He's surviving in Texas. The real question is looking forward though. How real is this? How much can people rely? on Lance Lynn to be one of their top three starters the rest of the way, because that's how he's played, and that's how, you know, if you've dealt with injuries, you might have to have him in that kind of role where you really need his performance. So what have you got on Lance Lynn the rest of the way?
1: It's real, man. He's been pitching like this for about a year. You go back and look. And next month, you just struck out. Uh, you go back and look to uh, last year. Once he left Minnesota and he came to the Yankees and they put him into the bullpen, yes. this is when this is when stuff started rolling. Uh, and he has just really picked up where he left off. Uh, and you watch him pitch. I watched that game against Houston on Thursday night. He was just shoving. I mean, working wow. with his fastball extensively. I, the, you know, he—I think his fastball ut- usage rate is like top five in the league. And then he throws that cutter that just goes—it looks like a hybrid because it just goes all the way across the plate the way he uses it. And you know, this is one of the guys I. I said he was going to be a top one. This my bold prediction was he was going to be a top 100 starting pitcher. And that was my bold prediction. And it, that's how bad he was in the he yeah. was 172nd on ADP list for starting pitchers, not just pitchers, <laughs> starting pitchers back then. And I was it like, that stood no, no, out no, no, as no, no, no. bold.
0: And now it sounds silly, but yeah, like that that was bold for Lance Lynn to say he'd be a top 100 pitcher. And now he's angling for like a top 30. I wanted him for going.
1: Tampa. I wanted him for Tampa Bay as a as a pitcher. Like when he went three thirty, I'm like, oh my God, that's what you can't afford. Then they signed Morton for two thirty. I'm like, eh, okay. Yeah, but good trade. I really wanted I really wanted Lance Lynn uh coming into the year because I just thought it looked you know, when you watch go back and watch how he pitched there in, in New York when nobody was watching, he got dominant towards the end. And that's really for good. me, that was the uh you know, I really wanted a shot at that and it didn't happen. I don't want to sell him short. He's been thirteenth on the player raider. Uh but
0: directly behind this next guy. Justin, it's Mike Miner who's been awesome. And to Jason's point about what he said about Lance Lynn, Mike Miner's been good for about the same amount of time. He really got going in the second half of last year. I remember you and I talking about him in the winter, saying, "Yo, what, can we can we build on this?" And uh, he had that big 2017 season out of the bullpen. We've seen Mike Miner be good. This one isn't even as much of a uh, of a stretch as somebody like Lynn. But health has always eluded him too. Staying healthy again for the second season. In a row, 273 ERA, 116 whip, just under a strikeout per inning, 121 in 122 innings. How viable is Mike Miner the rest of the way?
2: Last time we talked on him, I was really stoked uh, on him because I felt like he'd already put in this really good work and he was more than likely going to be traded out of Texas yes in the the heat, of the, in the heat of the summer somehow yeah. <laughs> Texas has been even better than I thought because they'd be and I thought too <laughs> I thought yeah, they'd I be thought, pretty well, good this year and they've been yeah, better than like I thought. Lineup.
0: You like the lineup from Jump Street, and, yeah. and they've got two. I mean, this. listen, we talk about the pitching landscape. But it's not just for fantasy. Real teams deal with it. So to have two guys like this at the front of your rotation. Remember the
2: jokes we made about their rotation and Ben coming yes. into the year? Um, like, yes
0: you could do the congressman or texas starter game with them like <laughs> it was these clowns like the pitching was awful they have two
2: studs
0: that go every fifth day now right now and so he's not going to get traded now does that cloud what you think or is he still like okay he's going to go up a little bit maybe because of a few extra homers but you're still like mike
2: minor. i think that's exactly what it is it, it, obviously things were going to regress because uh, as things heat up in texas the the ball will fly out and i mean in a uh, fly ball and Homer uh, kind of era that we're in right now with these juice balls, he's done a really good job at limiting the long ball. Uh, I think that's probably going to come back to earth a little bit more, uh, and we're, we're looking at a guy who's probably closer to a 4 ERA rest of the way. But that's considering fine. what you paid for him coming into the season, uh, you've already made a profit on it. So if, if it starts to go haywire, you can you can drop, you can, you know, just kind of spot-start him, uh, knowing that if you've he, already made the profit on him.
0: If minor hits a skid, you can start to play him a little bit more judiciously. You don't you don't put him up How against Houston not or something be traded, like
2: that. How is he not going uh, to be traded, How
1: is he mean, not going to – that's kind of the issue I'm, I'm struggling with with Texas. It's like they're too – the, the problem is they're, they're, they're
2: right, right in the middle. In the wild card. I yeah, know. You're, but you're no, right, the but they're
0: is... going to – they're not – I don't think they're going to do it. You're right, though. You're right.
1: Because he's walking after this year, right? Yeah. Uh, and so like, it, and here's you're not going to give him – I don't see them giving a qualifying offer. Uh, you well, know, why he's, wouldn't they give I don't, him a qualifying well, offer? I think they can give him a qualifying he's offer. He's
2: close to $20 million. He's only 31. What are they going to have to pay to put someone in there for two or three years?
0: Plus, Lynn is still paying such plus dividends, even next year at $10 million. You understand that – I mean, you guys understand this, but for those that don't understand, he could put up hundred and. 70 innings of like a 550 era lance lynn couldn't be worth 10 mil so he's surplus value out the yang. i think I, they could all you know, from a call i'm wrong
1: he's got I'm, I'm wrong in his deal he's got a. he's guaranteed through next year i scratch okay. that he's guaranteed so they, yeah, through next no, year
0: they'll hang on to him i think they'll just i don't know that they'll add except for maybe like real small periphery pieces that cost them nothing But I think they're going to ride this out and see what they can do. They 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 desperately need pitching though. Like they need to find a scrap heap. They need to get this year's version of Mike Fiers when he left Detroit and you know sustained with the Oakland A's. They need to find a guy like that if they want to contend. But I like both these Texas guys. They've been great. And just to kind of give it a perspective about what the regression could be. You mentioned that he could go to like a, a upper threes, maybe a four on the button. Lance Lynn with that 3.69 ERA and one twenty one WHIP, which is higher than the 2.71 one, one sixteen of Minor, is one slot behind him, and they both have 122 innings, so it's pretty comparable. Lynn does have 13 more strikeouts and four more wins, but I, I think the bottom line is that even if Minor regresses, he doesn't necessarily regress out of the top 30, top 35, which is no. still playing yeah, across. I, I, I all think the he's days.
2: still a top 40 starting pitcher. That's the way.
0: All right. A closer for each of you. Jason, I'll start with you. 22 saves for Shane Green. Nobody could have projected that. Uh, I think a lot of folks were drafting Joe Jimenez before him, even just thinking that Green wouldn't even last with the job. I'm less concerned about what he's done and what he's going to do going forward. Do you think Shane Green could get traded to somewhere where he closes? Because the, the numbers are good. The only downside is the homers are a little bit of a problem. Now it's only four homers, but when it's over thirty-four innings, it's a bit of a home run problem—one point one per nine. You don't want that as a closer. But can Shane Green go somewhere where he stays as a closer and continues to pro- provide fantasy value?
1: Mm, no, no. I mean, I'm worried. that You're right. Yeah. I, that's. I mean, there's there's only so many places he could go. Uh, you know, maybe he goes, maybe he goes to the twins. Well, you know, if he, if he comes to Tampa Bay, then possibly, you know, it depends on the matchups. Is it okay? Is it men on base? We want Diego Castillo and his ground balls. If it's not, we want Shane green. So is there a path for him to become a full-time closer on a contender? I say no, unless it's uh, even if he were to go to Minnesota, even if he were to, you know, Boston's trying to stay in the wild card.
0: Atlanta is an interesting name.
1: How dare you with Luke Jackson? How dare you? How dare you? But, I mean, that's kind of where I think, you know, for you personally, Paul, this this is best case scenario that – He became something this year, so he is going to bring something of value back to your team that you sort of need. An actual notable
0: prospect, uh, if not like two, you know, halfway – nothing crazy. It's not going to be some, you know, Glaber-Torres deal. Don't judge everything through the prism of the Chapman deal. But, yeah, they're going to get something legitimate for him, I think. And uh, Atlanta's a decent avenue where he could still continue to close. Shane Green's been good, plain and simple. You did mention Minnesota where this other guy has really kind of assumed the role, and it's actually Taylor Rodgers. And we've seemed to have like seen so many names. Trevor May was the favorite of this show. We we kinda mm-hmm. were trying to will him into the role, even though he never really got it. Uh, and then it was pretty clear early on that they did they didn't want him for the role.
2: Yeah, they just like don't Parker, like him.
0: Yeah, for some reason they have a, a mot like
1: they must hate his Twitch stream.
0: They hate him with a mot like intensity. Chef <laughs> Yes Barry. And uh, they went Blake Parker route. And he was performing well. And then guess what he throws, guys? He throws a splitter. And so how many homers has he allowed this year? Seven in 32 innings. And I'm not saying they're all off the splitter. But again, it's just such a home run prone pitch. So now it's been the lefty, Taylor Rogers who's got 13 saves and he has the job. I don't know that they would pull him out. If they, if they acquire somebody, but I would lean toward thinking so because he's the only lefty right now too. So Justin, is that your read on it as well is that Rogers' days as a closer are limited because they're almost certain to go get somebody because that's the easiest avenue for upgrade for this contending Twins team?
2: You know, I don't know that they are. Uh, I mean, they obviously should definitely look at it. Uh, I think they may be more focused on getting a starter. They had a sh- shot at Kimbrel. Where they would have to give up any prospects? Just money. I
0: mean, I know it's you know, I say just money, but that in in the grand scheme of baseball, when you're talking about assets, money's the mm-hmm. easiest thing to give up.
2: So uh, I mean, I think Rogers has he's been filthy. I, I mean, he's been so good, dude. It's it's, it's, it's really impressive to watch. Uh, so I don't know that uh, even if they bring someone in, it may just to be to share the role. So or if they
0: bring in a supplemental lefty mm-hmm. so that they have one in the bridge. Yep. And can't let Rodgers keep the role because that yeah that's the only thing I could see and he's had no platoon split five eighty eight ops against righties five sixty one against lefties smothering both sides he's been awesome you you've instilled a little bit of confidence in me that uh, that he's not necessarily going to be traded or, or have a trade displace Taylor Rogers I think he can hang on to that job and we know that Parker neither Parker nor May is really knocking on the door of it so as far as internally I think he's protected and then the right move for them might be to just get a lefty don't uh don't disrupt what Rogers is doing and then put that lefty in the middle relief so you have somebody to go with Parker May Ryan Harper and a couple other guys but but somebody from the left side all right I think that's going to wrap us up guys uh great to finally have the the whole crew back in back in tow here um what are you guys up to this Sunday
2: um, i don't even know what sunday is anymore uh yeah i think i'm available all right i am well, too
0: okay then we might have another trio uh working so uh, we will be in touch for that but guys great talking with you and i hope you all have a great week
2: y'all too take it easy